In today's show, we look back at Wednesday across the NBA, seven games on, an update on Zion Williamson's injury. It's not good. The Nets resting policy for tomorrow, also not good. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to look back at Wednesday. Fantasy playoffs are here. They're almost here. They're well underway. Whatever it is, it's the business end of the season. So let's talk about what's going on across the NBA warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. Um, just noticed something. I'm going to change it. I had on the graphic there, it said Zion setback. Of course, I spelt that incorrectly as well. But it's not really a setback with Zion Williamson. It's more of an update on his hamstring injury. I guess it is somewhat of a setback, but also not really. Anyway, I'm burying the lead here. He's out at least two more weeks. We said weeks ago that it's you can't really hold Zion Williamson. He's not going to come back and make an impact in your fantasy playoffs. This should be, hopefully, the final nail in the coffin. As always, if you've got open injured slots, you put him there. And if you don't, or if you end up needing them in three days' time, you move on. When he comes back, if he comes back within two weeks, which, sorry, at two weeks, I don't think he will, he's going to be limited. Don't worry about it. Move on. Drop him. Should have dropped him weeks ago. Um, so that's that update. At least four more games out for Ja Morant. We, we, still, we always thought it was going to be at least two weeks. So it's at least four more games. That'll push us closer to that two-week mark. We just keep rolling with Tyus Jones. I don't think we get Ja back at that four-game mark, but who knows? We will find out. But at, at this point, that's where we're sitting with Jar. Also, the Colorado police is not filing any charges on him. So that's a tick in the positive in terms of him returning to action. But there's still so much other stuff to go on that we're not going to be privy to. And we're just going to find out when he's back, when he's back. But it's at least four more games there. And then the Nets. Uh, just resting everybody tomorrow. And we talked about the Nets having a great schedule. Thursday, Friday, Sunday. The only team with three quality games over the next four nights. And now a bunch of their guys are sitting, which is going to really change things. It's going to open up tons of value for Thursday, but that value may not necessarily carry into Friday and Sunday. They're going to be without Spencer Dinwiddie, Nick Claxton, Cam Johnson, Royce O'Neal. All four of those guys are out. So Cam Thomas absolutely is on the stream list for Thursday. He literally might not play Friday though. Edmund Sumner is on the stream list for Thursday. Actually might not play on Friday. Dayron Sharp and Nerlens Noel will probably split the center minutes on Thursday. Those guys may not play on Friday. At least one of them won't. Um, Seth Curry and Joe Harris, Yuta Watanabe, all of these guys, Paddy Mills, all of these guys get big boosts. The clear winner is Dorian Finney-Smith, but Finney-Smith might not play Friday. So while it looked like it was a good situation to add Finney-Smith, three games in four nights, he literally might be reduced to two games, or he might play three games with the first one of those being a gigantic boost in value. I just don't know what they're going to do. But no Dinwiddie, no Claxton, no Cam Johnson, no Royce O'Neal. So Finney Smith, Cam Thomas, uh, Dayron Sharp, Edmund Sumner, Seth Curry, Joe Harris all move into the mode of being 12-team streamers amazingly because that's like that's four starters, three starters out 
plus a 30-minute guy off the bench in Royce O'Neal. It's a ton of minutes out. A lot of players going to be getting a little temporary boost in value. Steve Adams remains out. Not a huge surprise, so we're still going with Xavier T. Illman. Wendell Carter Jr. remains out, so Mo Wagner. And then, in deeper leagues, Goga Badadze. And Kevin Porter Jr. is out for the Rockets. So, KJ Martin's stock up. Jay Sean Tate's stock up. Tari Eason's stock up. Deeper leagues, Josh Christopher, Dacian Nix, their stock is up. It could be Ty Ty Washington, but currently he's assigned to the G League, so it's probably going to be Dacian Nix who steps up. I think they'll probably start Tate next to Green, but it could be Nix. I think it'll be Tate, but we need to watch that. So... They're a bunch of updates that we that we have. And uh, yeah, hopefully you're able to take advantage of that. And as is so much of the case at this time of the year, that you pick the right blokes to go for. First game, the Atlanta Hawks and the Washington Wizards. The Wizards. What was the final score here? Where's my th- screen? The Wizards lose 122-120. Weird way to say that. The Hawks win 122-120. And we get more confusion in the John Collins mode because Collins played 29 minutes and had 14 points. Previously, he just was getting 22, 23 minutes a night, which we said, okay, that's what we're doing. Thanks, Quinn. Good we were able to get that information. Um, We don't need to deal with John Collins in 12-team leagues anymore. Now, he was dropped in a lot of spots, rightfully so, and he was a great stream to add in for today. And now, again, the cat is being thrown amongst the pigeons. What does this mean for Collins' value? He played the big minutes. Sadiq Bey did not. So how do we judge that? I don't actually know. Collins was great. And is it coincidence that he hit four threes and played more minutes? I don't think so. And it seems like both of those guys, Bay and Collins, can't exist in big minutes together. 29 for Collins, 21 for Bay. Bay had two points on 20%. Collins had 14 and five with four triples on 57% three-point shooting. Bay was a good streamer for points and threes. He shit the bed. Collins was a drop because he wasn't playing. Now the minutes are up. Confusion is there. Even with this game, John Collins is 202nd over the last week, which is, without question, bad. But do you make the switch and go back and get him? <sighs> Look, maybe. But all I'll say is that my confidence in either one of those guys has been shaken significantly. I was never bigly, bigly? I was never really high in confidence on Sadiq Bey because I don't like Sadiq Bey as a player, but trying to follow the trends made him make sense. Unfortunately, we got dicked with it. And what can you do? Nothing. You can't do anything about it. Um, Trey Young seems to just be playing one or two minutes fewer under Snyder. 33 minutes here, 28, four and 10 with three steals. You can't really complain. He shot 79%. But DeJounte Murray plays like 38 minutes and Trey plays 34. That is, it's worth noting. Not that it does anything for the valuation of them, but it is just something that's interesting. DeJounte, 17, four and six with three steals. Didn't shoot well. While Onyeka Okongwu got early fouls, but still played 21 minutes while Capella played 25. Nine and four with two blocks for Okongwu, 13 and three with a steal and a block for Capella. Okongwu, 226th over the last week. That's not good enough. He probably still is a hold, but we are in the situation where you can say, oh, he's hold. He's the 120th best player. And if Capella sits, he'll give us good value. It doesn't actually matter though at this point of the year. We're not holding for what might happen in three games time when his downside is pretty low. So I think Okongwu becomes a drop. Maybe, maybe not. But I think he does become a drop just because of this uncertainty of role. Bogdan Bogdanovic was good, 14, 8, and 5 with two steals and two threes, but he shot only seven times and hit 71%. It's that low usage and lower minutes which become frustrating when trying to deal with him. But, yeah, good production there. I just don't think that that's a must. Uh, DeAndre Hunter's definitely not a 12-10 league guy. For the Wizards, Porzingis continues to be, like, just unbelievably good. 
percentages. 43, 5, and 5 with 7 threes on 77%. A guy that I drafted in a lot of spots, a guy that I was big on in the preseason, and he has... Uh, I won't say he's exceeded my expectations because he really hasn't. I said continually he was a top 20 per game player, and he is 16th per game value. He just managed to stay healthy, which is great. Kuzma had a quote after the game saying, hey, he's banged up with his foot. Watch that one. But he had 25, 10, and 6. Good game from him. And Bielo had 24, 3, and 8 with three steals. But the interesting thing here is Monte Morris returned and played 16 minutes off the bench. And Dillon Wright played 32 as the starter. I don't know whether that will be the continued split. It meant Jordan Goodwin was out of the rotation. We're not adding Morris because he's back because he's not good enough. But it means we definitely hold on to Dillon. 32 minutes, 7, 4, and 5 with three steals. Gafford, 23 minutes. Annoying. He played about 13 minutes in the first half, which included a locker room trip, and then barely played the second half. 4-2-2. Two, two. Both him and Denny Avdia, I, I like Gafford. I like Avdia a little bit as well. I like Gafford more. If this is what we're getting, don't worry. Move on. Now, in saying that, the Wizards do have a good upcoming schedule. So it might not be the right time to move on from Gafford. But he's got to be in your firing line. If he's going to stick at these minutes, he's got to be in the firing line. Kispert had another two threes. He is a really strong three-point streamer, but that's really where it ends, doesn't it? Today's episode is brought to you by the all-new Nissan Aria. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Now, I've done three different shows today. We've done different players of the week, so we'll do another one today. I'm going to go with my next player of the week, a Shea Gildas-Alexander. Shea, yes, he missed a game, today's game, but he's averaging 35.5 points. Two and a half steals, shooting 59% across his last two games this week. That's amazing. He's putting up some big, big numbers, including huge numbers in that victory over the Golden State Warriors. And both of those games came after Mark Dagnott said they were going to be limiting his minutes, which of course they did not do. His unbelievable elegance and strength and power is very similar to the Nissan Aria. They both deliver on duality, the combination of fierceness and elegance. And the 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Or to translate for you guys in America, Nissan. All right, next game. Cleveland. Miami. Um... What am I going to say then? Cleveland wins 104, Miami 100. There's not really much to talk about on the Cavs side of things, I don't think. It's just a lot of really basic stuff. Karis Levert. Dracaris. Shithouse, 7 and 7 in 24 minutes, not a 12. Ricky Rubio, back to good minutes, 23 minutes. Do you do anything? Not really. Four assists and two steals. He is an assist streamer, but that's for deeper leagues. But his minutes are so over the all over the place. And Dean Wade, out of the rotation. They went with a lot more Lamar Stevens. In fact, I thought Stevens was okay. He was also a team-worst minus eight. But six points, 27 minutes with two steals. And uh, Okoro played more minutes than he's played in about a month. 29 minutes for him, 13 points, three threes, and two steals. So all in all, Okoro, Levert, Rubio, Stevens, Wade, Osman, also a DMP. They're just all eating each other's asses. Like, they're just not involved in the rotation enough. They don't touch the ball enough. Their minutes fluctuate too much for us to care about, really, almost in any format. That's not quite true because Levert is a 14-team league guy, but it's just too much up and down. The four main guys, good. Garland, 25 with seven assists. Mobley, 15, six, and six. Six assists from uh, Mobley. Two blocks. Jared Allen, after limited uh, playing time last game, he was good. 15 and 12. And Mitchell had 18, four, and four, but it was a little bit inefficient. So good numbers, but there's not much else there. For the Heat, Kevin Love returned, um, started, and played 21 minutes. Eight and eight. Not a 12-team league player. 
Caleb Martin played starters minutes as a bench player, 30 minutes, four and four. Not a must roster player, but always worth a stream. Of course, if you streamed him today, you got absolutely nothing out of it. But he's getting the good minutes. And Gabe Vincent's not even getting those anymore. Zero points, 0 of 1 shooting. I don't know when Kyle Lowry is coming back, but Vincent's an afterthought. The minutes are going towards Victor Oladipo at the moment, who played 32. Now, Victor Oladipo wasn't that good. Nine points on 30%. But he did get four assists, and he has been a relatively solid source of defensive stats. I don't think he's anything more than a 12-team streamer because, let's be honest, he hasn't been very good. 227th over the last week, 172nd for the season. But there will be little moments from Oladipo where he does become useful. It's just hard to know when that is. Adebayo had 17 points, but only one rebound? What? He still had two blocks, but not the greatest game. Well, it was good to see Tyler Hero hit some shots because he's had a rough goal of things. 22-5-5, while Butler had 28-5-5 with two steals and a block. But all in all, not a lot to really take out of that game, I don't think. Quite a bit to take out of this one, though, because the Dallas Mavericks lose to the New Orleans Pelicans, 113-106, and Luka Doncic got injured. They said it was a thigh strain. He said it's not good, and he's going to get an MRI. They don't play again until Saturday, but given the way that they that he spoke after the game, um, I, I would expect missed time. In this game, it was Jaden Hardy who stepped up. But we could see Josh Green get more minutes. We could see Jaden Hardy get more minutes. You could also see um, Tim Hardaway or Christian Wood get more minutes too. Wood played 26 minutes here and had 15 and 8. One of his best games. But two things happened. Maxi Kleber was out and Luka Doncic was out. I think if Doncic is out, they will use Wood more and that prolongs his value. But they only have one more game this week. That's on Saturday. Is it worth grabbing Josh Green or Justin Holiday or Jaden Hardy or even Christian Wood for one more game without even knowing if Luka Doncic is going to play. Because Kleber will return next game. He will. Almost certainly. This was just a back-to-back rest. But we're th- yeah, two more days away and only one more game this week. So a rush to add even a Tim Hardaway, who was great, 40 minutes, 17, 2-5, two, two steals, 5 threes for Hardaway. Is it worth rushing to grab him for him to maybe go 1-9 of nine shooting on Saturday? Is one game worth it for this week? And the answer, unless you are a stud, and Tim Hardaway is not, and Christian Wood is not, Jaden Hardy definitely is not, It's the answer is probably no. It's probably no to add these guys with one more game left. Of course, if you're going to win this matchup, or you're not in playoffs, or you're in a roto league, then yeah, different story. Right? You just grab him, because you see what happens. This might be a longer-term injury for Doncic. We hope not. But it is worth noting that this is one more game of the week. Kyrie. 27, 6, and 4 with four threes. A little bit inefficient, but otherwise pretty strong numbers. He's the 12th-ranked player this season. That's bang on where we had him in the pre-draft process outside of that early season suspension. He's been pretty good. And Joshy Green had three points in 24 minutes. He has uh, really dropped off after that really strong start after Kyrie trade was announced. For the Pelicans, Josh Richardson was back, but they didn't start him. We thought it was going that way. Trey Murphy played 38 minutes, 16 and 6, one steal, two blocks. Great. We roster him because not only did he start over Richardson, but Brandon Ingram got injured, and we've got the Zion update. Murphy, I said this yesterday or two days ago, I said, look, it looks a little bit different here for Murphy. He is way more aggressive over this last four or five game stretch than he was in the early part or middle part of the season. And that's what's encouraging. So we go and add him for sure. CJ, I think, scored about 16 points in a row in this game, ended with 32, 5 and 5, while Herb Jones had 14 and 9, two steals and a block. Herb is actually bringing other stuff that's not just steals, 
And the injury to Ingram, I don't know how serious it is, but the injury to Ingram helps him. It also could mean Najee Marshall's back on the menu, but I think Marshall and Richardson might cut into each other's playing time. As for Joshy, he had six points in 23 minutes. And if it wasn't for Ingram's injury, I'd say you've got no interest in Josh Richardson in 12 team leagues. But there could be a little opening here for him to jump in. The other thing we've got to factor in here is that Jonas Valanciunas played seven minutes only. Jonas Valanciunas. Honestly, one of the worst games you will ever see. He didn't get injured. He had two fouls in the first one minute 30. I think he had five turnovers in seven minutes and went scoreless without taking a shot, despite having 33% usage. How did he have 33% usage, I'll hear you ask? Well, turnovers are usage. Zero, four, and two. Do not drop him based on this, but he has been a predictable disappointment, but in ways that I didn't expect. With... He got into foul trouble, and then Jackson Hayes came in and played really well. 14 and three for Hayes on 100% shooting. I don't think that we need to go and grab Hayes because of this, but he's put together a couple of interesting games. As for Ingram, I don't know what to do with this guy. 12-4-5, and five, ankle injury, played 17 minutes. He's going to score well when he's there, but he can't stay healthy at the moment. It's a real problem. I don't know that this is a serious situation, but who would have thought that his bruised toe was a six to eight-week injury like it was? We hold and we figure out what's going on, but don't be afraid if we hear that he's out. Don't be afraid to drop him. Don't drop him just if you hear he's out one game, for God's sake. But if you hear Brandon Ingram's out two weeks, that's a drop. That's a drop. And that's where we're at at this point in the fantasy season. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You know it, and I know it. But if you haven't tasted it, well, you've got to do it. You can just go straight to their website, built.com. Order them. Because we all love a delicious treat. We go, what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? Something great. Something that tastes delicious. And that's what Built Bar is. But they do that while also being healthy somehow. Low in sugar, low in fat, low in calories, but high in protein. Like 17 grams in a bar, which after a workout is perfect to get into your body. In the past, you can just get it straight off Built.com, but now you don't have to. You can just go straight into a Walmart and there they are on the shelf, the Built Bars. Coconut puff flavor, cookies and cream flavor, and double chocolate. But if you're at a Sam's Club, well, they've got the bigger boxes, the 13 bar boxes in the churro flavor and in the brownie batter flavor. So go into Walmart, like I never have. Go into Sam's Club, which I didn't even know existed. And you can get yourself all of your Built Bar needs serviced immediately. Go to Built.com, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club. Built Bar is built different. Portland gets smacked by Boston, 115-93, the final score here. With Portland, Yusuf Nurkic did return and had five points in 17 minutes. Yuck. Um, just, not a good, just not a good game from him. But what it did mean is we got more confusion across the bigs because Eubanks only played 14 minutes. But somehow, Trenton Watford played more than all of them. 12 and 10 from Watford. He was playing some minutes at the four in this one. Just a weird game overall. I'm not rushing to add Watford. I'm definitely dropping Eubanks. I would add Nurkic, but it might take him a little bit of time to get up to speed here. It was also an absolute turd burger from Matisse Leibel. 20 minutes, two points. Hmm. He got a steal, but he couldn't hit anything. But And as always, when Matisse Leibel has the big offensive games, don't believe that he's turned into a different player that he's been for four years. Just think of it as a temporary hot streak. He should be treated, as he should always be treated, as a steal specialist. Now, the anomaly here is 20 minutes. I don't think he's going to play 20 minutes a night every night, but he played few minutes in Shaden Sharp and Nasir Little in this one. I don't think that's the regular thing, but what this does do is make me go, huh, when Simons is back, do they start reddish over Thibault? I don't think they will, but I, before I had no doubt that Thibault would keep starting, and now I have a little bit of doubt. 
As for Reddish, only 10 points on 38%. We knew that his shooting was going to drop, but still had six boards, had a steal, had a three. The value for him with Simon's out is still there. He steals and threes and anything else, including some points and assists, anything else you get on top of that is a bonus. Or Jeremy Grant. Remember when we talked about Jeremy Grant exclusively at the start of the season about how red hot his shooting was and how it was probably not going to stick? Well, hasn't stuck at that level. He still was all right here. 13 points with thir- three threes, but 13 and six, no assists, no steals, no blocks. He has fallen off from that hot start, but he's also been relatively inconsistent, even week to week where he has hot runs and then completely cold runs. And we still don't have an update on when Anthony Simons is coming back, which of course is frustrating. Dog him, Red. The Celtics were without Rob Williams, of course. So Jason Tatum had 30 and seven with six triples. Al Horford only played 24 minutes, but his unbelievable shooting hot streak continues. 17, 6, and 5 with three threes. It is going to fall off hard. He's at like 65% over the last two weeks from three. It's going to fall off. But he's been amazing. Well, Jalen Brown only played 25 minutes in the blowout. JB, you've got it again. Marcus Mark got 22 minutes. Foul trouble. And the blowout impacted him. But I don't really know what there is to take out of this. I I can look at Malcolm Brogdon and go, Jesus, that's disgusting. Five points on 15% because it is. But again, it's just not a realistic thing. He's not a bad shooter. He's a great shooter, in fact. He's probably due some regression because he's hitting his threes at ridiculous levels. And maybe this was the regression. But he's not this bad. What we can look at this is Sam Hauser got 32 minutes, which is a little bit surprising. And Grant Williams did not play a single second until the beginning of the fourth quarter. He checked in at the start of the fourth quarter and then never left the court, played the entire fourth. So that's how much you know that all these rotations were a complete joke in this game. And it's really hard to take any patterns out of them. When that shit's happening, you know it's a weird game. Derek White had 21, 5, and 7. His last couple of games have been a little bit pedestrian, so good to get a big game from him. His minutes and production will be up, I expect, with Rob Williams out until at least Rob Williams returns. The next one was a blowout, but not in the way that you think. The Bulls beat the Nuggets 117-96. Great games from the big three from Chicago. The skater boy, Zach Levine. He continues to shoot unbelievably. It is going to drop. 29, 5, and 4 with two steals on 67%. It will not stick, I guarantee you. Vooch, 25 and 15. Big game from him. It's Vooch. It's big Vooch. is it. Vooch's a bitch. Well, DeRozan wasn't particularly efficient. 17, 6, and 8. But the 8 assists, the 3 steals, they're really nice. Now, the next guy there to look at is Pat Williams, who was really, really good. Strong game from Patty Williams. 18 points. In 30 minutes off the bench, you go, oh, do we add Pat Williams? But I'll tell you this, he shot at 89%. That is not sticking. He had 18, 4, and 0. 30 minutes off the bench is really nice. They have one more game this week. You do not need to add Pat Williams for one more game when his minutes aren't locked in and he doesn't shoot that well like this. He, You don't need to do that. Now, the week after, they don't play again. So they play Saturday and they don't play again until Wednesday. That's a shocking schedule. So, don't fall for the trap of adding Patrick Williams. Don't be convinced to hold on to the rabbit hunter, Alex Caruso. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. 18 minutes, 6-3 and 2. Don't need to hold him. Patrick Beverly, definitely not a 12-teamer, probably not a 14-team leaguer. 3, 6, and 4 for him. Desumu played 20 minutes. Kobe White played 26 for 7 points. So outside of those three main guys... Every other Bulls player is not a 12-team league guy. And honestly, Caruso probably is a 14-team league guy. But with the way their schedule shakes out with two games in the next seven days, it's not worth it. Two games in seven days is dreadful. You can do a lot better than that. 
Not only do they have a two-game week this week, but then they don't play until Wednesday next week. A dreadful run for the Bulls. So move on from these fringe guys whose value changes so much. Williams, Beverly, Desumu, White, Caruso. They're not 12, or they're not 14 team league players. But a good win, nonetheless. For the Nuggets, shit one from Jokic, 18, 12, and 8, and he was bad from the field, 44%, and one of four from the line. Horrendous from him. That's really bad. Brucey Brown had 9 and 8 in 23 minutes, but I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know what we take out of this from the Nuggets. It wasn't a good performance. They got smacked at home. But for fantasy, what does this mean? Like, Bruce Brown, 9 and 8 is strong, but he's not a must-roster player. He's okay to have in 12-team leagues. They play Friday, Sunday, so not a bad schedule. He's okay to have for that. But really, what else do we look at here? Aaron Gordon continues to be a real problem from his free throws. Four of nine, and he only shot 43 from the field. We only had 24 minutes from Maga Porter, 12 and five. It's all right, but we'd like more minutes. The headmaster had 11 points, Jamal Murray on 27%. Shocking. But I think we just chalk this up to a bad game all around. Even KCP couldn't hit shots. Five points in 29 minutes for Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He had three steals. He had four assists, so he helped in those areas, and he remains a 12-team league player. But... I don't really know what we're taking out of this game. I don't think there are any major fantasy takeaways. And I'm not going to invent one just to tell you some massive hot take to do something with this game. You just don't do much with it. All right. And the next game, look, what do we do with this one as well? Absolute ass kicking. The Suns, 132. The Thunder, 101. The Thunder were without Jalen Williams and without Shea Gildas-Alexander. We expect Shea back for the game on Saturday, but Jalen Williams, we don't know. So they started Isaiah Joe, Aaron Wiggins, and both guys didn't play 20 minutes. Someone asked me in the pregame show, Josh, you haven't talked about Aaron Wiggins much. And I said, look, I just don't trust his minutes game by game. And this is exactly why. Six points in 18 minutes. Now, he might have an opportunity for good minutes across a weekend back-to-back. He might not. It's just he has been inconsistent all season. Unfortunately, I thought Isaiah Joe would be better. And he wasn't. Six points in 19 minutes on 13% shooting. Now, normally, we rely upon Joe to give us multiple threes, especially in a game where Shea is out. But it wasn't him. Today, it was Lindy Waters the third. The big fella had 23 points with six triples in 28 minutes and started the second half over Wiggins. But he's even more unreliable than what Aaron Wiggins is in terms of playing time. So don't rush to stream him in. This is how we know this game was wild, right? Jeremiah Robinson Earl, no minutes, just never plays. And then eight and seven in 24. Trey Mann had G League time, had 14, four and four in 28 minutes. Just a weird, weird game where Giddy played 23 minutes and Dort played 20. They got cooked. They limited their players. And I don't know what we take out of it. Pig Williams only got 18 minutes, two, three, and three. Like, there's not a lot to take out of this. Like, I'm not looking, ooh, Lindy Waters, great stream for the weekend. Got to get myself some Trey Man for a Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back. Keep an eye on Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I don't think any of that stuff is realistic or has any level of security in adding them. I would watch Usman Jeng, who played 28 minutes and has played pretty well the last couple of games. 12 and seven, two threes, a steal and a block. I'm not super excited about it. But if I'm in a 14-team league or a 16-team league, and he is available everywhere, he's at least a 16-team league ad for the weekend, Jeng. I'd feel better about him than I would with Mann or Robinson Earl or Jared Butler, who played 16 minutes. Did you know he was on this team? Or even, oh, I've got to do it. I'm not going to get to do it many times. What about old mate Olivier Saar playing 12 minutes? It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Tanking legend Olivier Saar. All right, he's on this team now. Also, Lou Dort, shithouse. I don't think he's very good. Seven points, 22%. One of the worst field goals. He's Dylan Brooks. He's not. He's not quite as bad as Dylan Brooks, but he's a horrible shooter who plays defense, but is in an outsized offensive role. I've said this so many times that you're probably sick of hearing it, but if I was in a dynasty league, you can't do it now, I would take any opportunity to get rid of Lou Dort in a dynasty league. So I just don't buy him as a big minute long-term player. I don't. 
I don't, I don't. I just don't see it at all. But overall, just a mess. A mess. For the Suns, speaking of a mess, Kevin Durant hurt his ankle in pregame warm-ups and was a late scratch. We hope it's not serious, but you never know. I think you'll be okay. They put Torrey Craig into the starting lineup who had three points in 22 minutes while Josh Okogie only played 21. Now, we do have to realize it is a blowout, so the minutes were a little bit lower because of that, but Booker played 28 and Paul played 24 and Aiden played 24, so we've got fewer minutes again from Okogie, and he's just not good enough in a situation, even if Durant is out, to label him as must roster. He isn't. Craig isn't, obviously, either. The guy who really benefited here was Terrence Ross, who had 24 points with six threes and two steals. And if Durant is out, he moves into that Tim Hardaway, Malik Beasley, Sadiq Bay bucket of three-point streamers. But that's it. There's no reliability with him at all. Booker's been unbelievable. 44 points, six triples, 74% shooting. It will not stick. He is going to drop off, I can assure you, but it is amazing what he is doing at the moment. Well, Chris Paul had 18, 4, and 9 with four steals, and Aiton had 12 and 8. Aiton still can't get usage up, even with Durant out. Um, overall, though, the majority of this game, you just throw it in the bin. We saw weird stuff happen, which I don't really know that there's anything to take away. The Thunder's back-to-back on the weekend is going to be interesting, but like I said, do you want to look at Waters or Mann or Robinson Earl or Jeng or Pig Williams or Isaiah Joe or Aaron Wiggins? Like, I don't feel confident about any of those guys. I, I just don't. They're, they're, with Shea and the Bronco out, their rotation is a complete mess. Hopefully, we get both of those blokes back for their next game on Saturday. All right. Last game, the Raptors fall to the Clippers 108-100. For Toronto... It was a pretty bad night for the big fella coming off the bench, Gary Trent. Nice, Gary! Actually, it wasn't very nice. Trent sucked. He played only 24 minutes, 7 points on 18%. He had that one real random outlier game where he played 32 minutes, but prior to that, 18, 23, and then 23 today. The Raptors play on Friday. And that's it. That's their only game left for the week. If you want to drop Gary Trent, one game left, in four nights, playing low minutes, playing poorly, do it. Get that garbage out of here! The trend is there. He shot horribly. He's almost one of the worst contested shot takers or ill-advised shot takers outside of Lou Dorton, Dylan Brooks in the league. He will have better games than this. But you do not have to roster him. Freddie Van Vliet had 13, 4, and 9. He shot poorly, but he had three steals. While Pirtle had 8 and 11 with two blocks. And Anobi, 18 points, three steals, four triples. Really good game. But again, one game, next four nights. If you want to drop him and you need the games, it's not the wrong move. OG is good, but he's not as good as Van Vliet or Pirtle or, or Siakam or probably even Barnes. But he's got to be on the chopping block. I'm not even sure he's a top 200 player. Total value for the next four days. Again, my preference would be to hold him because he is a good player. But if you need the minutes, if you need the games, that's what that's got to be a decision you make. I do not know why the Boucher is still rostered in as many leagues as he is. Get that garbage out of here! 14 and 6 for him. Well, Precious, man, he was he was terrible, I thought, in this game. Zero points in 12 minutes for a chewer. There was no Will Barton, and that still meant Trent only played 24 minutes. Again, red flag. For the Clippers... Kawhi played 40 minutes. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> Kawhi's a top 20 player on a per game basis now. Easily a top 20 player. 
There's so much panic at the start of the year. I'd love to look back at some of the trades that happened for Kawhi Leonard in November. 24, 12, and 4, three steals, 53% shooting. He's been great. Paul George, 23, 2, and 4, 39 minutes. Westbrook, 23 minutes. And much like when we talked about Chicago, or now when we just talked about Toronto, you can make tough calls here because the Clippers play one more game this week on Saturday, and they play two more games in the next seven days. They play Saturday against the Knicks and Wednesday against the Warriors. Is it worth holding Russell Westbrook in a waiver spot for two games when he is clearly worse than Terrence Mann and might play 23 minutes? You might get 46 minutes of action out of that roster spot across seven days. And that is so far not worth it that you need to move on. Well, you don't need to because you can do whatever you want, but you should move on. Terrence Mann, really good. 29 minutes, 14, 4, and 4. I thought he looked great. He was showing, hey, this guy should play more minutes. It works out with good basketball. Proved it, right? Again, we've seen it so many times. Ty Lue, whether he believes it or not, I don't know. But you don't add him. Two games, seven nights, not worth it. Mason Plumley, the cockroach, is rostered in 86% of advanced league using our advanced roster percentage metric. That is one of the most insane numbers I've ever seen. If you have Mason Plumley on your roster... Eight and five for him in 16 minutes. Even Zubats, who played well, 17 and eight, two blocks. Really good game. One more game this week, two games in seven nights. Is it worth it? The only guys who it's probably worth it is Kawhi and Paul George. And everyone else, I think, becomes at least somewhat expendable. Now, you'd prefer Zubats over Westbrook, over Mann, over Plumlee, over Morris, over Batum, over Gordon. Easily. Over Bones Highland, who's playing zero minutes. But... Sometimes you have to make decisions that don't tie into season-long ranks or rest-of-season ranks because it's a shit little period. A two-game week, and now it's a two-game, seven-day period. It's really bad. It's really bad. I think it's... So what are the... Let me have a look at this. So over a period of 10 days, they play three games, the Clippers. That's terrible. It's terrible. Um, not much else to talk about in this game apart from the way that man played was awesome. The way that Kawhi played was awesome, but we're not doing anything with man because we can't really add him here. Because again, the schedule doesn't make any sense for us to do that. The lines of the night, you're monstrous. Goes to Devin Booker. Waiver wire is Terrence Ross. Young gun is Kenneth Murphy III. And the dud is Malcolm Brogdon. Your top 10 players in category leagues. Number one, was Booker, followed by Porzingis, Trey Young, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Kyle Kuzma, Zach Levine, Vooch, Brad Beal, and Trey Murphy. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Number one was Terrence Ross. He got really hot in this game, and Kevin Durant is in a walking boot. They don't play until Saturday, so I wouldn't rush to grab Terrence Ross. I wouldn't rush to grab Joshua Kogi. I don't think they're going to be must-roster guys, and Durant literally might play on Saturday. I don't think he will, but he might. But Ross was really good, and it's worth keeping that in mind. And then we've got the two Thunder guys at number two and three here, Lindy Waters and Trey Mann, but Shea is going to play their next game on Saturday, most likely. Jalen Williams might play, and these guys might not see a single second of court time, literally. Pat Williams, we talked about the issue with his schedule. It's bad. Don't add him. Jackson Hayes looked really good, but it's because Valentin has played seven minutes. Don't react. Najee Marshall, maybe. With the Brandon Ingram injury, maybe Marshall can be an ad. Boucher, no. Sam Hauser. Weird game, I wouldn't bother. Isaac Okoro, also a weird game. And Terrence Mann, really good game. I liked what he did, but the schedule. 
Top 10 players in points leagues today. Number one was Porzingis, followed by Booker, Trey Young, Kawhi, Jim Butler, Kyle Kuzma, Chris Paul, Brad Beal, Nikola Vucevic, and Zach Levine. And that will do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, me and Adam King, live mailbag on YouTube. 3 p.m. Eastern, Thursday. Join us on YouTube. We'll answer questions, have a chat. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.